Hello, and thanks so much for joining us on today's episode of the Becoming Financially Fit podcast, a podcast for business owners to give you the confidence to embrace your numbers and to help you put simple practices in place to make your business financial life easier. We are here to support you as your business grows and as you become financially fit. I am your host, Stacey Price, founder and owner of Healthy Business Finances. And yes, I am a totally self-confessed numbers nerd, loud and proud, an accountant, a business owner, and someone who believes that education is the best form of self-defense. So let's do this and get stuck into today's episode. I hope you love it. Hello, and welcome to episode one of the Becoming Financially Fit podcast, the podcast to help business owners overcome their financial fears. Today is our launch episode, and I am so super excited. But before we interview other amazing business owners, I thought it was only fair to share my own story. From redundancy to boss lady and all the niggling self-doubt feelings along the way. Today's episode will reveal someone who loves numbers, but didn't quite fit the traditional mould of the accountant. In fact, a career in finance was not even what I wanted to do. So get ready for my rollercoaster ride from redundancy to business owner. This may surprise most people, but I never wanted to be an accountant. I didn't even really want to work in finance at all. When I was at high school, I was always one of those kids who really had no idea what they wanted to be when they grew up. But I was totally fascinated with travel, exploring new places, meeting new people, talking, and seeing the world. So I was beyond excited when I discovered Victoria University in Footscray offered a travel and tourism course. I thought, this is me. But being from regional Victoria, my parents thought Footscray seemed too far away from my sister, who was studying at RMIT in the city. So they ever so gently nudged me to put down accounting at RMIT as my first preference and travel and tourism as my second choice. I still remember the night the results were published in the Herald Sun newspaper and my parents being so damn excited I got into accounting and I was so disappointed. Whilst I wasn't overly excited about studying accounting, Numbers have always made sense to me, and it has always been my happy place. Give me a spreadsheet over an essay any day of the week. After uni, I worked in corporate accounting for a few years before realizing my desire to travel was definitely still there. I worked at a ski resort in California and also a summer camp teaching volleyball, of all things, in New York. I can't say that my corporate accounting role was very supportive of each break, And I remember them sitting me down and telling me rather sternly that this should be my last hurrah. It was at that moment I finally realized that corporate accounting world and I would really never be great friends. I just didn't fit the mold. So I did what any naive 23-year-old would do, and I quit my job and bought a return ticket to London. I worked in finance, and I also worked as a tour guide for bus tours around Europe. I went through two passports and I saw more of the world than I ever expected to see. For those who have lived in London, I was one of those people who would go to work on a Friday with my suitcase, head up to Stansted Airport after work, sleep at the airport, and I mean literally sleep on the chairs to avoid paying for accommodation, then catch the first Ryanair £9 flight out Saturday morning to some other country. 
I'd spend two days walking around seeing the sights with my trusty Lonely Planet guide in my hand that I'd borrowed from the library. And then I would return on the 6am flight Monday morning and head straight to work. I would probably still be there avoiding all adult responsibilities, except I fell in love and followed my then boyfriend, now husband, back home to Melbourne. No job, no career, no place to live, no money, as I had obviously spent all of that traveling the world. But I did have an overstuffed backpack and four years of memories, which were in boxes on their way back to Melbourne. I quickly realized I didn't want to go back to the corporate accounting scene, but I truly did love numbers and I loved the teamwork of working in a finance team rather than the cutthroat, climb the ladder environment of accounting firms. So I found work in management accounting. Month end became my life, along with journals and bank recs and business activity statements. Who would have thought those things could bring so much joy? But I loved making sure things made sense, things reconciled, journals balanced, and we could report to the big boss each month with confidence. Numbers told me a story about the business, and I loved relaying that each month to management. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the children in a baby carriage, and that is how it pretty much played out. What they don't tell you in that nursery rhyme is that holding on to a full-time job with young children can be really hard work. The pressure to juggle it all, catch public transport to work in the city, and then doing the mad dash at the end of each day to try and make it back to childcare before they charged you by the minute for being late. Bloody hell, the feeling of constantly being on a roller coaster hanging on for dear life comes to mind. After my first child, I was made redundant whilst on maternity leave. I was so disappointed as I gave everything to that job. Well, I thought I did. But it soon became clear I was just a number to them and working parents were not really what they wanted. I took that hit pretty hard and it felt it was a really personal decision. Now, looking back, I know it wasn't, but at the time, I just saw that I must not have been good enough. I clearly didn't understand enough. I didn't put in enough hours. Um, I wasn't the right fit. All of those negative thoughts stayed with me for quite a while. When I found out I was pregnant with my second child and having experienced a redundancy before, I guess I was on high alert. So as soon as HR told me I had to come back in and interview for my old job, I kind of knew what was going to happen. So I put the wheels in motion to start my own business. And the concept of healthy business finances was born. Born because I truly wanted people to have a healthy relationship with their business numbers and not be bamboozled by accounting jargon. Now, I am not naturally a business person, whatever that means. Nobody in my immediate family has ever run a business, and my dad is the most traditional accountant known to mankind. He worked for the one employer for 30 odd years before taking an early retirement. And I'm sure to this day, he still feels my choice to start my own business was not something he would have done. But at the same time, I know deep down he supports me. My mom, on the other hand, doesn't understand why I choose work at all. And she certainly doesn't understand why I choose client work over housework, something we will just never see eye to eye on. After speaking to so many other women whilst on maternity leave who all had visions of starting their own business, but they all had questions about the money side. 
the business finances, the bank accounts, the accounting software, the GST, the staff. And surprisingly, I would reel off answers without even thinking that this could be something. But eventually, friends would email or message me asking for advice in that space and would constantly tell me, I just seem to understand it when you say it. Or things like, my accountant makes me feel so dumb, so can you explain it to me? I knew I was on to something. Helping people understand their numbers in non-accounting jargon became my jam. And after seeing a close friend spend nearly $20,000 on a business idea that went south because she didn't get advice from her accountant, I really wanted others to not face that same fate. I wanted to reduce the small business failure rate and still do. And I also wanted to increase the financial education. But I wanted to do it with a smile and a bit of personality, something generally accountants aren't known for. I was so scared to take the leap. So my plan was to go back to work for several months and save up enough costs and money to really throw myself into the business. But after meeting with HR and being told I wasn't qualified enough for the job I was already previously doing, I guess those well-laid plans went out the window pretty damn quick. I came home, I cried a bit, then emailed the website designer I had previously contacted and simply said, how quickly can we get this thing live? Now, hindsight is amazing, but sometimes, or for me, it's probably most of the time, I need a good deadline or a decent shove to make the first move. I overthink everything And remember, my confidence was through the floor after two redundancies. But HR telling me I didn't have a job meant I could dive headfirst into my business and give it 110%. If it failed, that was okay. But at least I could always say I gave it a red hot crack. I had no money, no clients, and certainly no clue about running a business. But I did have a trusty spreadsheet with my hourly rate calculation, and I had some weird kind of confidence. Probably because at that time, I knew I wouldn't make myself redundant, so it couldn't possibly be as bad as what I had already experienced. I found one client for one day a fortnight, and I still remember going to that meeting with that client, and I was so excited of potentially having my first paying client. And the client had turned around to me, and and they loved me, and they said, we would really like you in the office on a Wednesday, because that's when the directors are in the office and would like to oversee things. And I don't know what came over me, because I was so excited. I'm surprised I didn't do a Tom Cruise and jump on the table and start dancing. But I turned to the client and said, I'll have to go home and have a look at my diary and see if Wednesday is available. Now, everybody day was available because I had no clients. But for some reason, I thought, I'm just going to pretend this is a fully flown business and I've got other clients that need me. And funnily enough, I worked with that client for about 18 months until I eventually trained their internal person to take over the role because it grew so much. That one client once a fortnight grew into one client once a week, it grew into two clients, and that seems to have snowballed ever since. And seven years later, here we are. Our business helps over 100 clients every single month with financial education, financial coaching, accounting, software training, 
bookkeeping, payroll, GST, and so much more. I love that we are part of our clients' lives and not just an external person they call once a year. Whilst I never set out to be a boss or a business owner, I am so super proud to say that I employ three other working mums. We all work remotely and I offer as much flexibility they need. I am proud to say that I am the boss I always wanted but never had. And I can't wait to see where the next seven years takes us. I hope you've loved listening to today's episode of the Becoming Financially Fit podcast. We are all at different stages in our business life, at different levels in our money confidence, and we all have different needs. However, our goals are all along the same path, to learn, to grow, and to succeed in our journey of becoming financially fit. For more tips and advice, you can follow our journey on Facebook and Instagram, just search for Healthy Business Finances, or you can also search all episodes of our podcast at www.becomingfinanciallyfit.com.au.